Okay. Okay, everyone. Uh, thank you again for joining us in the Love Fruit Podcast, uh, a podcast for raw vegans, vegetarians, all around the world. And today we have another fantastic guest, and that is Dr. David Klein. And Dave is a nature orthopathic doctor, 36 years in a raw vegan diet, and he currently resides in Maui, Hawaii. And Dave is the the publisher of some of the world's biggest or the world's biggest raw food magazines over a, over a 20 year period where he published previously the vibrance magazine and the, the living nutrition magazine he's also the author of the very well-known book self-healing colitis and crohn's and he still helps people um, with those conditions and helps coach people uh, he was the founder of uh, and and the director of five festivals held in the US, uh, including the Rostock Festival, and was also the, um, the main coordinator of 15 or 16 Raw Passion seminars held, held around the US as well, and also holds the website fruitarian.info. So we're gonna be talking today, and Dave's gonna be sharing us information about the history of the fruitarian movement. So Dave, is there anything else you would like to let us know in introduction to yourself? No, thank you very much, Ronnie. Uh, I covered the highlights, and um, I'm going to try to do a very unusual interview, as you know, uh, covering all the historical high points of the fruitarian movement, as I know them, and um, see if we can get it done in a reasonable time. <laughs> yeah, sure. So uh, I want to salute you first for doing the UK Fruit Festival. How many years have you done it? We've done it for six years, and we're going to do it for the seventh time this year. Fantastic. Um, it's in July every year? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Dave. It's the end of uh, July, so July the 26th to the 2nd of August. It runs over eight days now, so we used to be five days, but we went up to, to eight days. Fantastic. Great job. Um, Thank you very much, Dave. I, I, thought it, I thought it'd be good if we both just very briefly... Um, started out saying how we got into the fruit diet. Um, sure. You want to go first? Yeah, sure, Dave. I mean, uh, throughout my life, basically, I've always been moving towards a healthier and healthier path. From a young age, I, I, I didn't, you know, I, I was aware of the, the ideas of like smoking was bad for you, drugs are bad for you, drinking's bad for you. And I, I just took that and followed it unlike other people who can rebel against that i just decided that sounds i'll just i'll just listen to people when they tell me these things so i was always kind of a little bit healthier maybe than the average person um and eventually went towards gradually towards cutting out processed foods cutting out meat eventually eventually going vegan more 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 for ethical reasons and then kind of came across raw um, as a result really of re researching veganism and trying to work out how to do the vegan diet in a healthy way and came across information from raw vegans and it just clicked for me and I started experimenting with it and I got more and more and more fascinated by it and continued going down that path and eventually went to an event and just fell in love with the whole community and yeah I've been I've stuck to the diet now for about the last seven, eight years. So that's been my kind of journey. Briefly, what, what about yourself? I'll try to make it brief. Um, I was sick, very sick. My life was ruined with ulcerative colitis for eight years, from age 18 to 26. In the last year, I started looking for a dietary solution, even though mm -hmm. the doctors, seven of them said that diet had nothing to do with my bloody ulcerated colon and going to the toilet 10 times a day. Uh -huh. Pretty amazing, huh? Yeah. So I found um, a nutrition doctor, Dr. Natural Hygiene, named Dr. Lawrence Gallant in New Jersey, where I'm from. And he gave me a diet plan of rabbit and monkey food. And I thought he was full of, <laughs> you know what? And, <laughs> but a year later, the doctor said, it's time to cut out my colon because I'm probably going to get cancer and how to do something because my yeah. life was in ruins. And um, that's when I started to put it all together, make a long story short. I saw the light, I started the fruit diet, fruits and veggies, sweet potatoes and squashes, steamed, and a little bit of avocado. 
And I healed up in four weeks after being sick for eight years. Mm. And it lit a fire under my butt, which is still burning brightly. And um, that was, what, 36 years ago? And I'm still shouting out the, uh, the merits of the fruitarian diet. And um, yeah, I healed up, rejuvenated, got on with my life, ended up changing my career from uh, environmental engineering to uh, health coaching. And I got my PhDs in natural health and healing from the University of Natural Health. And um, here we are, boy, 36 years later, um, doing this diet. I've been 100% raw the last um, 27 years, and it's been an amazing journey. Met all the most amazing uh, fruitarian leaders and educators, and I'm going to try to go over uh, all the uh, key players in the fruitarian movement. And um, I thought I'd start off with the most famous, the originals, uh, Adam and Eve. Excellent. Yeah. Go way back. Um, I don't want to get into speculating about what the, uh, the meaning of the forbidden fruit is, but uh, <laughs> um, I think this history of the fruitarian movement would have to start with Adam and Eve. I don't know if you want to add anything with regard to the, uh, the story of the, the forbidden fruit. you have any insights into that? Well, I guess that traditionally people think it's an apple, but in fact, in the Bible, it doesn't actually mention any particular fruit. But it is an interesting story that apparently is in a lot of different ancient texts. The idea that, that people lived in a paradise and lived on fruit and naked, and then we kind of ended up uh, falling from nature into, into uh, the modern world. So uh, where, where we work in fields, to grow our food and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting thing that seems to be crop up. And, uh, yes. Yeah. It's a big topic, and um, I'm going to move on here. I've got about 60 or 70 points to cover, hopefully briefly, and we'll get through this thing without losing the audience. Okay. So the next famous person in the history of fruitarianism is Leonardo da Vinci. Mm -hmm. who I think most would agree is the most brilliant, innovative thinker in history. Mm. And um, there's not much information about his personal life, but um, there's some brief information about how he preferred the fruitarian diet. Right. Moving along to the 1800s, my favorite, favorite author preferred to do the fruitarian diet. He wrote a book called Wild Fruits. His name is Henry David Thoreau. Oh, wow. Famous, fantastic nature writer, lecturer at Harvard University. Um, beautiful passages he wrote in Walden and other books on, uh, on um, the intricacies, the wonders of nature. And some, some will point the finger saying he included meat in his diet. Well, it wasn't easy to eat a fruitarian diet. And, the 1800s, there weren't refrigerators. There's, he's lived in a cold climate in the winter, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. But the clarity, the insights of this amazing man, um, to me, when I learned how to heal my body and I learned that Thoreau was also a fruitarian, at least the fruitarian at heart, um, it just really lit me up and um, just really put, helped me put together how the fruit-based diet is the best for our intellect, for getting in touch with nature and um, optimizing our, our uh, brain power, our potential. Sure, sure, sure. And I, should, I, I wanted to add one in that you might have, maybe you've skipped over, but uh, I've heard as well, some people suggested that St. Francis of Assisi talked about, or some people have said that he uh, preferred a raw, type of a diet. I don't know if you've ever heard that. That's fascinating. I never heard that. I have read his, his famous poem. That's right. But, um, yeah. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Well, what someone said to me was that there was some people suggested that he preferred raw foods and when he ate cooked food, he would add ashes to it so that he didn't eat too much of it. Apparently. <laughs> I'm not sure how true that is, but that's, that's what I was told as a story. That's great information. <laughs> okay. So now let's move to um, later on in the 1800s, um, the nature mensch of Germany. 
the nature children of Germany. Um, my friend Gordon Kennedy, about, I don't know, let's see, 20 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, wrote a great book called Children of the Sun. And he researched the history of the raw food movement, the roots of it. And it traces back to Germany, the nature-loving, wanderlust Germans who live very naturally, barefooted. Yeah, yeah. And um, he documented an amazing pictorial history in the book, Children of the Sun. Yeah, great book. Um, goes back to the great uh, German um, naturopathic doctors, the, uh, the original hippies, and the movement moved, believe it or not, to Southern California. There was a band of brothers who lived yeah. very naturally. They foraged for fruit. They would drive 400 miles just to get a, go to a ripe fig tree. And um, the photos of these amazingly healthy looking people, even when they were in their 70s, um, it's just astounding. You can find that book on Amazon, go for it. Yeah, um, I should, yeah, I'd like to make a comment on that. That's a, a fantastic book that I came across myself a, a while mm -hmm. back. And what is amazing about it, Dave, is, is if you look at those those men in that book and those women as well, but they look, it's very much like some of the scenes that I've seen at some of the fruit festivals that I've been yes. to in, in the last 10 years where you've got guys with long hair, beards, all eating fruit together, yes. shirts off, that back to nature thing. And as you're saying, what a lot of people don't realize is the connection they had to the hippie movement being in California. Some of them tried to live in a more natural environment, as you're saying. And, and uh, yeah, that's a fascinating story that a lot of people should, uh, would be, would be interested Absolutely. in. Absolutely. It's a huge story. If you could ever track down Gordon Kennedy and uh, interview him about that, it would be amazing. Um, the, yeah. book, the book is a fantastic read. And one of the, um, the band of brothers in Southern California, the Nature Boys, was the original Nature Boy. His name was Robert Bootson, but his nickname that everybody knew him by, even in Hollywood, was Gypsy Boots. Yeah. Gypsy Boots was a friend of mine. He came to some of my events in his 80s or close to 90. And um, that's another long story. I'll try to make it brief. Um, but it was an honor to have him at some Rostock festivals with Doug Graham and all the other fruitarian um, educators. And um, Gypsy had his 90th birthday party at Paragon Studios in Southern California in Hollywood, and I was invited. It was a total thrill. I went with my friend Rogue Gallo, who wrote the book Perfect Body and helped um, launch the fruitarian movement in the 1990s. Mm -hmm. um, and Gypsy was just <laughs> absolutely full of energy. And um, a couple of those people we talked about, um, the nature boys were there and they were in their seventies or eighties and they looked like they were 50 years old. They had long flowing hair. They were wearing white uh, gauze clothing and it was like looking at gods. Wow. And yeah, they were the original California hippies and they Amazing. didn't do drugs. They were nature boys. They actually slept in caves around Hollywood and um, forage for fruit. So Gypsy Boots passed away in his early 90s and um, his history in Hollywood, he was friends with some Hollywood stars like Michael and um, Kirk Douglas and so forth. He was at the Emmy or the Oscar Awards on camera. Anyway, fascinating subject, Gypsy Boots. Moving along to, let's see, the early 1900s, um, one of the most famous fruit eaters, he wasn't a total raw fooder or fruitarian, but was Thomas Edison. Mm. Believe it or not, he was obviously a brilliant scientist, inventor, holder of over a thousand patents. Um, his laboratories were about 10 miles from where I grew up in northern New Jersey, and um, my family went there when I was a young teen, and um, the tour guide who was in his 90s actually worked with Edison and told us a little story I never forgot. He told us that Edison would invite his family and uh, his closest uh, business associates at his laboratory for dinner 
and he would feast on apple pie. And he would laugh at everybody else who fell asleep and got drunk after having their big, heavy, you know, meat and potatoes meals. Mm -hmm. He would stay alert and energetic, living on his preferred diet of apple pie. Oh, wow. Okay, then in the 1920s, along came, to me, the most brilliant doctor of all time, Dr. Herbert Shelton. Famous quote by Dr. Shelton is, man's home is in the orchard. He pioneered mm. modern health science, which is totally ignored by modern medical science, which really isn't science. He came up with the term orthotrophy for correct diet. He understood that man's diet should be based in fruit. He wrote 40 books. He fasted over 50,000 people to health. And from his base in Texas, he became a living legend. Mm -hmm. um, he influenced Dr. Lawrence Gallant, who's the doctor of natural hygiene, who helped me save my life 36 years ago. And he also greatly influenced another great fruitarian who came after, sort of overlapped and carried on Shelton's work, Dr. T.C. Fry. T.C. Fry did like 100 events with Dr. Doug Graham, who I think the audience knows about. He influenced dozens of today's natural hygiene doctors and educators. Mm -hmm. And um, it all goes back to Herbert Shelton. Um, as far as promoting the, the rational fruitarian diet, he worked alongside with Dr. Virginia Vetrano, who also did a fruit based diet. Um, and um, she wrote the book rational, or she wrote the book, um, Let's see, what's the name of her book? Um, Genuine Fruitarianism, yes. So Dr. Vetrano actually passed away last summer. She was 92 years old. And um, word is she was in really good health when she passed away peacefully. Um, Excellent. A living legend in her own right. She worked alongside Dr. Herbert Shelton for I think around 40 years. Okay, another person on the hit parade is Dr. O.L.M. Abramowski. He was a medical doctor with a healing clinic or sanatorium in Australia. And he did an experiment. He put all of his patients on a fruit diet and they all got well. Um, he ended up writing a couple books. One is Fruitarian Diet and Fiscal Rejuvenation. And the other one is called Fruit Can Heal You. I sell them both, they're PDFs, um, eBooks. You can get them from my website, Vibrant Health. Um, let's see, I changed the URL recently. I'm trying to remember what I'm actually calling it now. VibrantHealthBookStore.com, I think, or VibrantHealth, VibrantHealthStore.com, sorry. Okay, so I found out about Dr. Abramowski and a bunch of other great fruitarian legends through the great legendary Morris Kroc. Mm -hmm. Morris Kroc lived in um, South Africa his daughters and son lived in the San Francisco Bay Area where I was living for 20 years. And we met at a raw food potluck in San Francisco. Um, and we became great friends. And I found out he was publishing a lot of expired um, copyrighted books, um, including Abramowski's and um, others about the fruitarian diet. And Morris himself wrote legendary books about the fruitarian diet. His most famous book was um, Fruit to Food and Medicine for Man. Morris Black passed away in the early 70s, um, but he was a very sickly young man and he discovered the fruitarian diet in his 20s and it gave him another 50 years. Mm -hmm. And he really um, did, he really pioneered fruitarianism and athleticism. He ran about 15 ultra marathons mm -hmm. in South Africa. And he never set any records, but he ran, he, he felt runner's high euphoria throughout most of the race. His race times were maybe six or seven or eight hours, but he recovered very quickly. And he went on to write these prolific um, books um, on fruitarianism and fitness. And uh, it was an honor to, to know um, Morris and, um, and, and, and hang out with his family.
Um, it's hard to find his books. Um, I tried to continue publishing them after Morris passed away, but his family um, didn't seem that interested in that. And I'm not sure if they're still printing his books. It's, if you can find copies of uh, Morris Cox books on the, on, uh, through Amazon, then totally go for it. Okay. Okay, let's see who else. So I mentioned Dr. Doug Graham. In the 1990s, um, before the internet exploded, Doug Graham was doing something incredibly profound. He was, he's a chiropractor, and he was traveling with and coaching the tennis champion, Martina Navratilova. Martina was winning tennis championships doing the fruitarian diet. She mm. was living on mostly bananas, lettuce, celery, other fruits. And um, people didn't know this. <laughs> I never heard of this, and uh, people would think that would be impossible because she's as muscular and strong as a bull. So then along came the internet around 1996, and thus natural hygienists, raw foodists started to meet each other, and then the whole movement started to grow. There was only one raw food group in the whole country, as far as I know, San Francisco Living Food Support Group, um, founded by uh, Jesse Stewart and Darlene Tong. And I went to the meetings a couple times a year. I became the newsletter editor. My newsletter grew into Living Nutrition Magazine, as you already mentioned before. Um, at one of the meetings, um, Rogallo spoke. At another one, Morris Crock spoke. About 70 or 80 people showed up. The atmosphere was electric. And thanks to everybody finally being connected through the internet, through email, the movement really started to grow in, the, in 1996, 97, 98. And uh, for us, raw fooders, natural hygiene folks, the cat was out of the bag. The, the, the magic had just begun. It just started to explode. It was really exciting. Um, there were a few raw food events, raw food festivals or expos, I should say, in the San Francisco area. At one of them, I met Dr. Doug Graham. Our tables were next to each other's, and we became instant brothers. Um, and um, Doug and I are still in touch almost every day by email. And um, he, with T.C. Fry, myself, a few others, were promoting the fruitarian diet like nobody else in the United States. Mm. Then along came uh, Nature's First Law, uh, a few fellows in Southern California, and they were really savvy and dynamic on the internet, and they promoted their book, The Raw Food Diet. And let's see. Okay, so also in the 1990s, the most important things going on, perhaps, was the three great fruitarian magazines. I was doing Living Nutrition. Susie Miller in England was doing um, the Fresh Network News, Fruitarian Raw Energy Support and Health News. Uh, Susie did an amazing job with that magazine. It um, helped bring people all over Europe and the world really together. She visited me twice in the United States. It was great to meet her and her son and daughter. Um, and so the third part of the um, magazine scene was Renee Beresford in Australia. He um, published Fruitarian Network News. And um, it was handwritten. It was very folksy. It was full of tons of information about everything to do with health and lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So we had these three big raw food magazines, fruitarian magazines, going at the same time for about ten years, and it was really, it was really amazing. Did you um, get any of those magazines besides Living Nutrition, Ronnie? I've not. I've not seen any of those apart from the Fresh Network, the ones from the UK. So I have seen some okay. of those. They're, they're obviously before my time, but I, have, I've, I had a friend that was involved in that a little bit. She had some copies and uh, she gave them to me. Okay. And I want to mention there was another magazine, a bit smaller, out of Sweden called Just a Banana by Kasodi Osterling. Um, I had a few copies of that and um. He was really great to network with Kasodi. I think he's still around networking with people. Through this movement, I met Ann Osborne by email and by correspondence. 
and many other people. I think a lot of people know Anne. I think she's um, been in England and Australia a lot. She's yeah. been at your festival, I'm sure, many times. That's right, yeah. Another name to go backwards a little bit is, um, I learned about a man who's very mysterious and legendary. He lived in Ecuador. Um, his name was Johnny Love Wisdom. Mm -hmm. And he was a fruitarian and he talked about his um, science of health called vitarianism. Um, another key player came along <clears throat> in the 2000s named Arnold Kaufman. He's got the world's only or he had, maybe it still is, the world's only 100% raw food um, cafe store in um, Lansdale, Pennsylvania, somewhere near Pennsylvania. I mean, I mean near Philadelphia. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. David Norman, a friend of um, mine and Doug Graham, he had started a restaurant called Bonobos, a raw food restaurant right in the middle of New York City. Um, it's not around anymore, but um, I gave a talk there and. Um, he was another great pioneer in this movement. Let's see, David Rajon Durrett in um, Arizona published a book called Fruit the Ultimate Diet. He's still around. Um, let's see, who else? Charlie Abel wrote the Raw Food Bodybuilding Training Manual. I was selling that for many years. He's on the big island of Hawaii now. Um, he's updating the book. It's not available right now, so we'll look forward to seeing what his um, updated version is. He has an amazing physique doing um, raw food diet, mostly mm -hmm. fruit. Then there's my great friend Don Weaver of over 30 years. He's in San Francisco Bay Area. He's been 100% organic, raw food, fruitarian, including vegetables, nuts, and seeds for about 40 years. Together, we co-wrote last year the book, um, Fruticulture. Don is an amazing uh, inspiration to many people. He's into remineralizing the earth. He writes for that website, remineralizetheearth.com. He's into um, planting fruit trees all over the Bay Area <clears throat> and in lecturing about that. He's lectured at the raw stock um, festivals I put on. Um, and he wrote the book, or co-wrote the book, The Survival of Civilization, also. And um, To Love and Regenerate the Earth, I think, is the name of his other book. He's a great friend, and um, he might make a great subject for you to interview someday, too. Great. Let's see. Um, so, yeah, so in the early 2000s, um, in Northern California, in Sebastopol, I put on two summer raw passion jamborees, which are big raw food festivals at my friend's fruit orchard. And then at the last one, I was sitting down listening to a speaker with uh, Dr. Doug Graham. <clears throat> and um, Doug whispered a word in my ear, which really got me going. He, he whispered raw stock. And I looked at him and I said, no, there's no way we can do this. I envisioned a big, huge festival, which was way beyond what I could handle. Mm. But I couldn't get the thought out of my head, Ronnie. And 10 minutes later, I said to Doug, we're going to do raw stock. The next year, as we did the biggest raw food festivals in the United States, in Northern California, they were held. And um, we had about 250 people at each. And they were fantastic. We had farm fresh fruit. We were under the apple trees. One of them was on an um, amazing um, um, health retreat overlooking the um, Pacific Ocean, a place called Ocean Song. And um, they were just the best. And they set, set the stage for uh, Michael Arnstein to do his um, uh, Woodstock Fruit Festivals. Sure. And paved the way for everything else, including the UK Fruit Festival, the Fresh Food Festival in Denmark mm -hmm. um, by Peter um, Czech and others. Mm -hmm. And let's see. Yeah, I mentioned yours. And now my friend here on Maui is planning to do a Maui Fruit Festival. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so this is going a lot quicker than the last time, isn't it, Ronnie? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think the, the, the last time... Just for the listeners, me and Dave did try and record this uh, actually probably over a year ago and 
it, it, we lasted over an hour. You hadn't even got halfway through it. So you've edited it down a little bit to some of the, the key kind of facts and the key kind of players there. But let, let me go through some of the things that I've noted from, from what you're saying. So basically, we're going back to some of the earliest information that we can really find about people talking about promoting the, the raw diet. Obviously, you've got the historical figures like Leonardo da Vinci. Some people would say Pythagoras as well and, and, and others. But really going back to some of the Germans um, in the 1800s and maybe also some of the American natural hygiene, kind of the people that came before Herbert Shelton and so on, Russell Troll, different people like that. At, at the time when the medical movement was not as um had not really come together entirely and become under the umbrella of science uh yes and there was a lot of strange things i mean obviously you would suggest that there's a lot of strange things that still happen in the medical move in the medical industry but back then there was a lot of stuff that was happening that was not had didn't have any kind of science behind it like um where people were maybe having um i think there was practices like where people were having their drill drills put into their heads and stuff like that to try and release pressure and different things that that, that were tried out in those days uh and different other sorts of strange things where people were put in the dark or um i, I don't know i've heard of all sorts of different things that happened in the medical industry and everything was kind of um wasn't formalized yet and and there were many different schools that were teaching people to be doctors and and that hadn't already all been formalized so the medical industry the world of doctors and medicine was very if we go back over 150 years especially was very unorganized very different levels of standard um and and uh, at, at that point there were there were many more or, or there was there was um, uh, probably quite a lot or quite a large amount or quite a, a strong movement of natural hygiene type doctors, naturopathic doctors, and so on um, that were that that were that, uh, that were doing well in, in that kind of era, and um, and then when the medical movement kind of came along stronger with the Flexner report and so on. Yes. And the pharmaceutical industry really um, developed its power. Then that kind of um, overshadowed everything. Yeah. And 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 this movement's really been kept going by these people that have, uh, like yourself, like Doug Graham, going back to T.C. Fry, Herbert Shelton, that really took it upon themselves to try and continue this message and continue this information because the medical world was not accepting it and, and people were, and, and, and I get the feeling, Dave, that if we go back a hundred years, that this concept of eating raw foods wasn't as crazy an idea back then as people would think about it now. And that the, the marketing of food that's happened over the last hundred years, especially where these ideas have been connected into people's minds of, of meat being for protein, milk for calcium, complete proteins and eggs and all these different ideas that have been really planted in people's minds through advertising over the years that um, this and the medical movement have really led to this situation where we have so many chronic diseases and people and, and most people aren't even aware of the, the benefits of, um, of changing diet and eating healthier foods and people don't even really know what a healthy diet looks like. So I, I see it as, a num basically a story of a number of heroes who have managed to keep the movement going and share the information. It is incredible if we think back to someone like Herbert Shelton, who was publishing a huge amount of information, as you're saying, far before the internet. And uh, these, these groups and little communities that were able to pop up back then. Um, so I, 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 I'm fascinated by the history of it all myself. And I think that we're now at a great time where we're able to start bringing the information together 
we're able to start bringing more people together and, uh, and, and, and with social media especially, the diet, the fruitarian type of diet is so appealing visually and because it's the most beautiful diet, you know, the, the idea of eating fruits and vegetables, these vibrant plates of fruit, colorful fruits, is so fantastic for the age where pictures are able to be shared easily, where videos are able to be shared. And um, yeah, I, I see the movement continuing to grow now. I don't, I don't particularly see any uh, stopping or getting smaller. I think more and more people are are, are being impacted by it and starting to eat more and more fruit. And uh, certainly in the plant-based vegan movement, that is really exploding. And, um, and, that's, and, and so I think the world is changing, but it is fantastic. To, it's fascinating to see how it's really come from these individuals that have had such an impact. So there's, there's, there's a few people you didn't speak about, Dave. You didn't mention Arnold Derrick. Uh, much who some yes, people would say I, I, have uh, few, I have several more on the list which I yeah. haven't gotten to and, and I actually did skip over Arnold Errett I meant to mention him um, he wrote the books Rational Fasting and of course uh, the mucusless diet and he was a uh, promoter of the role of the fruitarian diet in the early 1900s um, I just got a few more Ronnie should I finish up yeah yeah of course in the chat? yeah um, Let's see. So I want to go back to the 1800s. The, the greatest doctor before Dr. Shelton was Dr. Isaac Jennings. Right. Pioneer natural hygiene. I don't know if he wrote any books on, on diet, but um, Dr. Isaac Jennings was a medical doctor. And um, he was a great, great um, pioneer for, for physiology, for natural hygiene. Dr. John Tilden also. He wrote the um, book Toxemia Explained. And he tried to get the, he tried to reform the medical establishment in the 1920s, but they just totally ignored him. He taught that um, disease is caused by the condition um, toxemia, and the doctors want nothing to do with it. They uh, just totally bought into the germ theory and drugging and um, all the other crazy stuff they do. Um, let's see. I was as I wanted to also mention Brian Rossiter in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. He's been putting out the best raw food magazine the last several years um, online, the uh, Fruit Power Digest. Absolutely, yeah. Fantastic, beautifully produced graphic um, arts um, production. And um, because this field has become so big, and the vegan movement, the vegetarian movements have taken off. Um, the niche that people like Brian and I had, and even you um, in promoting uh, the raw food fruitarian diet has exploded, it's become so big, there's so many new players coming on board every day that we have um, not, we've had to change our course with how, with how we make a living because um, there's so many people in the field now and there's so much free information on the web that we have not been able to sustain our magazines. Brian had to cut back. I stopped publishing my magazine about four years ago because there's so much free information. People don't want to spend $5 on a magazine anymore. And really that's, you know, what people like Doug Graham and I and you, <laughs> are in business for is to grow the movement and see it totally take off. And it has taken off like crazy. And um, now it's no longer, you know, this quirky little thing where if you hear about it in the newspaper, you know, all these dietitians and medical doctors warn about how dangerous it is. Now it's become mainstream. Yeah. And this is what we prayed for when the movement started to take off around the year 2000. And now it's mainstream. There's many celebrities like Woody, um, Harrelson here on the um, island of Maui, who are well-known um, raw fooders. And um, the field is crowded. There are new people coming along every day. Um, my wish is that everybody get properly educated. One little fact I want to throw in, in the early 2000s, um, Linda Chuckle-Fromm and her husband, Dr. Um, Chuckle, John Chuckle, 
they put on the Portland, Oregon um, Raw and Living Food Festivals. They put on about three in a row and all the great uh, raw fooders showed up, had our tables there. I was there two or three years. And um, at that event, <laughs> I, met, I met many great people. Mm -hmm. um, let's see, I lost my train of thought. You're gonna have to edit this part out. <laughs> why, why did I bring that up? Um, the Portland Raw Food Festival. Right, I'm trying to remember why I brought that up. Oh yeah, okay, now you can start it. So at okay. that festival, uh, Roz Graham, who I haven't mentioned yet was there, Doug's um, wife, who's a fantastic educator. Um, what came out of those festivals is Doug and Rosalind decided to try to form a committee to guide proper education of the raw food diet, how to teach the raw food diet, because there was so many um, improperly yeah. misinformed educators out there giving bad information. So Doug spearheaded trying to create consensus among all the raw fooders. And there were people who you know, were at these events who didn't necessarily buy into the raw food, um, fruitarian approach, or the uh, natural hygiene approach. Um, he tried to galvanize the whole movement and set up a, a curriculum for properly educating people who wanted to teach this. And it never got off the ground because the energy was too scattered and people have their different opinions on how to teach the raw food diet. So my hat is off to Doug for trying to do that. Um, and then two more things I want to mention is um, as far as teaching the raw food fruitarian approach. There are two major educational um, organizations which do that. One is the University of Natural Health. It's a distance learning university. It's a real university. Um, my friend, Dr. Paul Fanny, around the year 2005, set it up. He jumped through all kinds of legal hoops to grant real degrees, masters, uh, or bachelor's, master's, PhDs, nature orthopathic doctor degree like I got, hygienic doctor degree like I got from his university. Um, he's teaching true physiology. A lot of the textbooks are all of Dr. Herbert Shelton's greatest physiology textbooks. My book that I co-wrote with Dr. T.C. Fry uh, called Your Natural Diet of Live Raw Foods, which I since have renamed um, The Vibrant Diet, plus Doug's book, um, The 80-10-10 Diet, are part of the curriculum. Dr. Paul Fanny has put in tens of thousands of hours to create this amazing curriculum to really fulfill Dr. Herbert Shelton's wish to have a real university, and TC Fry's too, to have a real university teaching true health based on accurate physiology. And Dr. Fanny's done an amazing job. He's graduated, I think, a few thousand people, people from all walks of life, even pharmacists, chiropractors, registered nurses have gone to the program and earned PhDs. So University of Natural Health. Um, I created my own academy, which has 10 courses. It's called the Vibrant Health and Wealth Academy. I teach, I train and mentor, even after people graduate, after the students graduate, I mentor for life. People who teach who want to be a, a vibrant health um, teacher counselors. Mm -hmm. I set that up about five years ago. I've been enrolled about 65 students all over the world. It's going beautifully. 10 courses and I train people to, who want to have a career counseling people um, in all matters of health. And the diet is based on the fruitarian diet. And again, my website, um, on the fruitarian diet is fruitarian info. And I should emphasize that I believe the fruitarian diet should not be 100% fruit. It should include plenty of greens, other vegetables, and um, small amounts of nuts, seeds, and avocado. But it should be based in fruit, but not exclusively fruit. So I did it, Ronnie. I covered all my um, points this time. And how much time do we have left? I'm glad to keep on discussing.
Well, that's fine. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, we've 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 um, not quite reached an hour yet, and um, I guess what what I um, what I'd like to maybe talk about a little bit is your your opinion of kind of where this is going, what you think the future of it is. Um, uh-huh. What's, what's your thoughts on all that? Well, it's a big, big scene. And as you know, veganism has exploded in the last 12 months. It's gone really crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's gotten commercial and it's got corrupted like every other movement. But all in all, it's been fantastic. And in a sense, it's good because the raw food movement um, is never, at least in these times, is not going to be accepted as much as a vegan diet is because a vegan diet can include cooked food. So it sort of complements what we're trying to do and actually helps tow us along. Um, you know, the jump from mainstream standard American diet to the raw food diet was too much of a leap, it seemed, in the early 2000s. In the early 2000s, um, years, but the vegan movement seems to have helped make, make our cause more prolific. So it'll give pe- more people access to the raw food diet and they'll intermix and there'll be a lot of confusion about what a healthy diet is. There's the crazy keto phase sure, or keto fad. Um, and there's all kinds of takes on the keto um, paleo diet. And um, but all in all, the vegan movement's been a really nice surprise. And um, one more thing I can add is that I've learned in the last couple of weeks that access to health information on the web is being censored more heavily than we, than, than we know. Google has 88% of all the searches. They're acting as a monopoly and they're censoring alternative health websites, including my Class and Crohn's um, Center website, which has been prominent for 25 years. Now all of a sudden it's invisible to organic searches. I've written to Congress people Yesterday, I sent them all letters I worked on for an entire week. Mm-hmm. I found out similarly that other big alternative health, anti-big pharma health uh, websites have been blacklisted by Google. So hopefully the raw and vegan and fruitarian diet websites and the practitioners who teach this properly will not be impacted by Google censorship but it's, it's, it's hurting. It's hurting a lot of people's income. It's hurting mine um, because it seems that Big Pharma has targeted my business because I get people well without drugs. And hopefully it won't go so far that, <laughs> that they're gonna censor the fruitarian approach to health. Sure. Sure, and I see what you're saying. Well, Dave, how, how would people get in touch with you if, you if they want to find out more about you? I can see the Colitis and Crohn's Centre for those who are looking for that information. Anyone else they want to contact you? They can find me through fruitarian.info, through Um, They can get me at dave at digestionperfection.com. Um, the magazine um, site is still up, vibrancemagazine.com. All these different places. Yeah. Excellent. So excellent. And then it grew. I started, I came up with about 12 different websites, and now in retrospect, it would have been better to focus on one or two, but I've learned a lot about how the web works, and it definitely is good to have one home base website mm-hmm. and um if you can if your goal is to have a web-based business um and 
yeah, if, if your goal is to be a health counselor with a web-based business, um, please contact me. We have to work towards um, seeing that Google is broken up. They're acting as a monopoly and they're, they're really suppressing health information and this is really not good for humanity. So I just started taking steps to see what can be done. I found out that 50 attorneys generals throughout the United States are um, investigating Google and hopefully it'll be broken up and um, natural health websites will not be blacklisted by Google. Interesting. Well, thanks very much, Dave, for your time today and all the information. That's been a really fascinating journey through the history of the Refratarian movement. I think a lot of people will benefit from that. And if you are interested in getting in touch with Dave, yeah, you can go to the Colitis and Crohn's Center if that's the information you want. Digestion perfection. Um, and, and you can even just search for him online. I'm sure you'll find a lot of information about him. Thank you for your time today, Dave. Any last message before we go? No, thank you very much for um, the opportunity, Ronnie. I'm glad you're um, leading the movement with several other great people. And um, best wishes with your own festival. Thank you very much, Dave. And if anyone is interested in the UK Fruit Fest, you can go to fruitfest.co.uk uh, slash registration to find more information about the event to, to join up for our announcement list. Um, we, we are well on our way to fill in the festival for 2020. It takes place from 26th of July to the 2nd of August, over eight days. Eight days of, of education, activities, fitness, and 100% raw vegan diet. And we'd love to see you there. So thank you very much for watching, everyone. Uh, sorry, watching or, or listening, if you're listening. And uh, feel free to share this with other people you think it might be of interest to. Uh, give us your feedback, give us a comment or rate it, whatever you're listening to it. Thank you very much for listening to the Love Fruit Podcast and we'll see you in the next uh, episode.